Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 61 of the Chamberlain Chats podcast. My name is Chamberlain, I write InfiniteBacklog.com, and right at the top of the show, I would like to warn all the listeners that there will be both open spoilers and open hostility towards Final Fantasy XV this evening. Chance is here of the games of Chance.blogspot.com. Chance played good things this week. I played uh, a pair of excellent things, yes. yes. I guess I did. He, he enjoyed video games this week, whereas I was doing work. <laughs> I really did. I'm, I'm really kind of sad that I'm not enjoying these video games. Like, every moment, every moment I'm not playing it, I kind of, like, begrudge the world. <laughs> that's, that, that's a good obsession. That's when you're, when you're driving to work, when you're coming home from work, when you're in between things. You're like, oh, yeah. you're, I could you're do think, this. I could do that. You're thinking about this thing. Yeah. And uh, I actually, I, I ordered the, the Art of Horizon today. Hey. So I, I, it was just a Kotaku article. Oh, man, check out the concept Art of Horizon. And I'm like, oh, there's a book. Ding, ordered, like, three <laughs> three seconds later. See, how often do you go back and look through those? Because I know you own lots of those. That's books. the thing, is I really don't. <laughs> like, I really don't. Uh, but I love them. There, there's, there's, some, there's some things that I just love. And uh, the Bloodborne art book doesn't come out till June, tragically. Mm. But, uh, but no, like I, I love that I have that Okami art book. I love that I have the, uh, the Valkyria Chronicles art book. The Resonance of Fate art book. Um, See, I yeah, have, and the, I the have one. Ones. I've got I've got the Skyrim art book, art book, which is this large hardcover, beautiful thing. I think I paged through it once when the game came out. Yeah, never again. Because that's that's when you're obsessed with it. Yeah. But um, but one of the things that I do really love about Horizon is is the, the the look of it and the dichotomy of this tribal character standing in front of a mechanical monstrosity. Hmm. That's really cool. Just that that thought is cool. Well, let's start with the good stuff then. Horizon. Well, no, let's let's start with the good stuff. Uh, Night in the Woods. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm like I still love Night in the Woods. I don't think I'm even a third of the way through it. Really? Because um, I was playing it prior to Horizon's launch, obviously, and um, and it is every every day that you go through as this you know young cat in this town. Um, there is another scene, at least one scene, that is an emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. It is it is funny and it is uh, really human, and then something always becomes really poignant or really scary sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, and so it is. I, I find it uh, incredibly satisfying, but also incredibly kind of emotionally involving and emotionally draining. Mm, okay. So even not a when, marathon game, not not, mm, not not hours I, and hours at once. I know that some people have, mm. but like like I'm the type of guy who was describing the end of Gravity Rush and almost cried last week. That's true. Like, you enjoy like, these. You I do. Like yourself. I I do. I I I, in, I involve myself with video games very emotionally, and maybe maybe it's just that it's too much for me. I'm I'm too in touch with my you know, emotional side or something. I don't <laughs> it's know. It's not a bad thing. But I was so fucking hyped for Horizon that I just, I couldn't stay still on one game at all last week. Mm. I was always, like, picking little things. Maybe this will cure my appetite for it. <laughs> and so I went I went with Far Cry Primal, and no, that really didn't do it. No. Nope. That really no. didn't do it, which is weird, because uh, if you're going to compare Horizon to any game, in terms of mechanics and what you actually do, uh, Far Cry Primal is actually a pretty good example. But there are no robot dinosaurs. No, about monsters. no, no, like, like, uh, it's, um, playing this, I would never want to go back to that <laughs> for the same experience. Mm-hmm. Like this, uh, it's, it's kind of a, 
um, I, I saw a bunch of people pointing out that, and all the negative reviews do, that Horizon is kind of like, it's kind of like a God of War. It's kind of like a Darksiders. Uh, beyond the aesthetic, it doesn't do much that's new. Uh, what it does that's new are all these beautiful little quality of life things. Mm. Like if, um, like, oh, my, my arrow quiver isn't big enough. I really want to get more arrows, but in order to, to craft a bigger arrow quiver, I need this certain item. I can click on that and it will turn it into a quest. Nice. And it'll say, go here to get that thing. Oh. Kill these things. Um, the HUD, the, the, the fact that the HUD is completely customizable. You can you can have anything on it or not on it if you choose. Uh, you can have it all be dynamic if you choose, so that nothing pops up until that information starts becoming relevant. Uh, like you know, you're getting attacked now, your health bar pops up. Uh, you pull out your bow now, you have your yeah. So it's it's all all the things that it does new are these little quality of life things, but all the things it does overall, we've seen this before. It's just, uh, just like, just like God of War was basically Devil May Cry again. Yeah. And Darksiders was, you know, Zelda again with a little bit of God of War, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. That's what Horizon is. It's one of these stews of a bunch of shit that worked in other games, but let's put it together with, uh, Sony first party polish and the fucking most incredible graphics <laughs> I have ever seen on a console. And and saying, like, on a console, I don't think is really doing it justice because the only thing I think you could compare it to is Witcher 3 running on a PC. And even then, I kind of think Horizon comes out on top. Like, and, it is stunning. And, and for clarity, this is on a just 1080p set. You're not running it 4K. Yeah, my, my, my TV is 1080p. Um, but I did actually come in to quite a sizable amount of money. Hmm. Last week. Hey. So on Sunday, when I did get a pro. Oh, okay. And and okay. the thing is, I don't have a 4K TV. I don't have HDR. Um, the benefits of the pro really to me are um, it's it switches between apps faster. Mm -hmm. The internet application is less likely to crash, and I use it every night, so that's cool. Yeah. Uh, it has an extra USB port in the back, so when the uh, firmware that supports uh, external hard drives comes out, oh, I so won't have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have one port that's used up by my headset dongle. I have one port that's used up by my charging cable, and now I have the third port for yeah. the, uh, the, the external hard drive. But uh, the game is wonderful. It's really, really wonderful, and I was kind of, I was kind of worried about it going into it because I didn't trust. I don't trust reviews as a rule. I trust Eurogamer, and Eurogamer wouldn't even give it a recommended. Wow. Yeah, I saw that Eurogamer will give Sniper Elite Four a higher review than yes. this. Yes. Yes. Well, it gave Night in the Woods a higher review than this. Yeah. Because Eurogamer, kind of like Polygon, and Polygon gave it an amazing review, are kind of gamer hipsters. Yeah. Like, they demand that it be new. They demand that it be something creative, something that pushes the industry forwards as a whole. And I'm like, no, it just has to be good and fun. And it is. I don't think you should be looking for that in AAA games. Because AAA games, it's not safe. Yeah, that's true. To be pushing things forward. You look for... You look for that in the indie titles, the ten and twenty dollar games that you know take six months to make. That's where the groundbreaking stuff is. Well, um, and then they get bought by EA. And, if one uh, considers Zelda to be a AAA, it's certainly doing things very differently. Uh, not really, because it's just taking from Skyrim. It's just open world Zelda. It's nothing new. No, but 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 Zelda, 
has classically been, um, you know, an, uh, a Metroidvania of sorts, right? Yes, yes. There's always a sort of progression where you go here, you get this thing, this thing is what allows you to go after the next thing, and all those things you had to pass by before. In um, Breath of the Wild, <laughs> once you're out of the starting area, yeah, you're you, have, you have every tool you need to explore the entire map. Yeah, the only thing that worries me with that is 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 uh, weapon damage. Mm-hmm. Your all your shit breaks. Often. But I keep on seeing like images of the master sword. So do you eventually get the master sword? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 so. I've been trying to because I'm going to start playing this tomorrow. I've been trying to like not see much about it, but I, I, it seems like most of the fragile weapons are in the beginning when you're wielding like a limb of something or or you know yeah. a stick, something like that. Those break, but when you actually get a real weapon, it won't be quite as bad. And that, that's later in the headlines, but, you know, we'll get to it now. I think currently Breath of the Wild is the is the most, or is the best-reviewed video game ever. It's like, last it last I checked, it was sitting... I know! But last I checked, it was sitting at, like, 98. Let's just fire it into Metacritic. I don't trust that. that that's either. hilarious. I typed, I typed Metacritic into Google, and it auto-corrected to Met- Metacritic Breath of the Wild as the top <laughs> entry. So, let's that's... Just, yeah, it's it's sitting at 98% with 62 reviews. Oh, man. Like, that's a lot I, of hundreds. I'll be able to let you know next week what I think of it, but it's... it's We knew this was coming. Hell, they yeah. even like Skyward Sword, and Skyward Sword yeah. was not supposed to be good at all. Oh, yo, so. let's fire Skyward Sword in. Do that, see, Medicare. because Skyward Sword... It sucked. Yes, from what I heard. I did not play that from one, what full I disclosure. Played, sucked. Okay. Oh, Skyward Sword is at 93%. Yeah, this see? is just critics of Nintendo games. I fucking hate that shit. Yeah. And I, I was worried that that was the same thing that was happening with Horizon, that it was just so high profile and and so many people's jobs were on the line with this game <laughs> that, that a critic just wouldn't shit on it because they didn't want to piss off Sony or something or they just got caught up in the hype. Yeah. So I was worried about it. And going into it, uh, no, it is it is really good. The story is way way better than and you know Gorilla has had some great story moments over the yeah. years. I think uh, was it the end of Killzone two? No, it was the end of Killzone three where they basically destroyed Helgen, right? Uh, yeah, that was the end of three when they yeah like the green reverse. weapon goes off. Yeah, and they they yeah. wipe out the entire planet. And yeah. uh, you played Shadowfall, right? I did. I was thinking about it today, that part at the end of Shadowfall where the character... And I'm going to spoil the fuck out of Shadowfall for our listeners it's right now. It's two years old. Go for it, yeah. Uh, at the end of the game, the character you've been playing as, the whole game gets betrayed by his commanding officer and killed. And as the player, you feel so robbed by this mm-hmm. because you finally kind of unraveled the mystery. You were going to bring him to justice. No, you're dead. And you're like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck this game. I want to kill that guy. I want to kill him now. And then your perspective switches to the beautiful Helgen assassin that the main character has been tooling around with for half the game, and you play her for like five minutes, and all you do is you kill that fucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it was worked. incredibly satisfying yep. for me. Yep. And so they do story beats like that really well, but I couldn't tell you what the fuck the plot of Shadowfall is. No, I've, no yeah. I have no idea. Um, but this, I'm, I'm really surprised by how many little moments in like the first five, six hours I've spent with it so far really resonate with me. Like, uh, like this, uh, the guy who remembers Aloy as a child that she meets as an adult. Um, I, I don't know why, but that felt like a hugely powerful moment. There's two guys that I had a five minute conversation with in the, um, uh, in, in the first kind of town you're able to go to. And I can see their faces perfectly clearly. Um, it's 
it does, it actually does characters really, really well. Um, and Aloy herself, uh, she is, you know, generally just, she was raised by a really no-nonsense guy who's just all about surviving, keeping to the law, doing what's right, being honorable, shit like that. And so she herself is also quite serious and stoic. But every now and again, you get just a little bit of Ashley Birch in there. <laughs> and it's never, it's never like a muggy thing where she does a silly voice. It's just a little bit of sass. You know? And when it comes fits, out of Aloy, fits, yeah. yes, it fits. And when it comes out of Aloy, like it, it, uh, you bust a gut at it because mm. she is, she's awesome and she's hilarious. And, um, it, I cannot be overstated how good looking this game is, even on my 1080p. Um, it's stunning. It is regularly stunning. And usually when you play a game that's super gorgeous, after a little while, you become accustomed to it. Like Vanillaware game. You know, you, you've been playing this for a half hour. It doesn't blow you away anymore. Yeah. Um, and it takes something like, you know, going to get a drink, coming back, looking at the screen. Holy shit. With Horizon, <laughs> I'll play it for three hours and the entire time I'm like, oh my god. Like, it's staggering. It is staggeringly good looking, and the frame rate is a solid 30, apparently on both platforms. Um, I don't think I'm actually getting any benefit out of the Pro from it. The only thing I'm getting is like the most minor of buffs to the quality of textures. Okay. That's it. Okay. Um, the, uh, the gameplay is super cool. The monsters feel... What I described... I was reading the post that I put on the blog yesterday about just fighting three watchers. Mm -hmm. And I realized that to describe what happened there, it doesn't sound cool. I shot a guy through the eye, and then I whistled to make another one turn to me, and then I shot him through the eye. That doesn't sound all that cool. But the risk of what could happen if they discover you, and what these things can do to you once they start swarming you, mm -hmm. it makes this, it creates an incredible tension where you need that perfection. And the, uh, the mechanics are such, they're kind of similar to Uncharted 2, where it does feel very, uh, very liquid, very supple, where you can transition from this into that and, and it works. And you don't know that it'll work until you try it. But then it works. Like yesterday, there's a skill you can get where if you're running and you hit square to go into a crouch for stealth, you'll do a slide. Hmm. There's a skill you can get where during a slide or a jump, if you're if you're aiming your bow, time slows down. Okay. Gives you so, time to do the cool trick shots. Yes. So th this is where you see that shit where like she runs towards like a hammer or a, a thunder jar or something, slides under it, shoots it in the belly with an explosive arrow. That's how she does that. Okay. So I was running from a watcher yesterday, and it occurred to me, maybe I can go into the slide as I run away from him, turn around, and shoot him with the slow-mo of the slide. And he was like 50 yards away, got him right through the eye <laughs> with a backwards slow-mo sliding shot. It felt fucking amazing. And I, I talked about um, uh, the first time you fight an enemy called a... Um, I think it's called a sawtooth. And it is basically like a saber-toothed tiger, but twice the size of a saber-toothed tiger. Cool. It is a giant. And I was so terrified of this thing because I was reasonably terrified of all the other creatures I've met so far. It's pretty fucking dangerous. This thing hmm. was ridiculous. <laughs> and so I littered the area with uh, with these shock traps that are um, 
Uh, you, you shoot an arrow over here, then you shoot an arrow over there, and now there's a line between those two arrows with an electrical charge to it. Okay. And if one of the dinos hits it, they're stunned. And they will fall to the ground, and you can run and get a critical hit or just tap them with some arrows. So I placed, like, five of these shock traps, because I have no <laughs> idea how much health this thing has. I'm terrified of it. And then I just kind of got into some bushes and waited. And he's, uh, and then he comes down around kind of the other side of this little gully that I've laid with all these traps. And he's stalking towards me. And I come out of the grass and I just hit him with an arrow. And he sees me. <laughs> and he's not sure if I'm there yet. So I hit him with another arrow. This pisses him off. <laughs> <laughs> he's not hurt. He's just angry. <laughs> yes. So he comes for me and he's, and he takes a flying leap and he's about to nail me and he hits the trap. And I switch to fire arrows. And I just plink, 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 and this damage over time builds up on him. And then he eventually comes out of the stun, heaves himself up, takes a leap towards me, and I roll behind the next wire. <laughs> <laughs> and he slams into the wire, and I fill him up again, and I wasted three shock trap wires on this guy. But it worked! Because <laughs> I didn't need him, but it felt amazing! It, it feels amazing when you take these things down. When and I've seen videos of the of the tall necks or the long necks, whatever the fuck they're called. Mm. I've seen videos of those. But to actually see it in the game is a very different experience. It is so beautiful and majestic. And actually, this was an amazing sequence, too, because it's walking around these ruins. And I'm really excited to get on the back of this thing. So I go running into the ruins, and there's four watchers in there. And they all see me, and they all come to me. So there is this down and out, like, just fur-flying brawl with these watchers <laughs> as I'm trying to get in position before these things come. And then I'm, I run up to the place where I think I can jump onto this thing. And just as I'm about to get ready to do the jump, I hear another watcher behind me. Mm. Turn around, slow down time, line it up, right through the eye. Turn around, leap! <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> and there is melee in the game, and it's super simple. All it is is light and heavy attacks. Okay. And the light attacks will do a little bit of damage, not much. A heavy attack has a high chance to knock uh, the thing down, uh, depending on its size, obviously. Yeah. But the wind-up on a heavy attack is like the better part of a second. Mm. It is a huge wind-up that you can be knocked out of. And that sounds really shitty, but what it does is when you land that heavy attack, when you have your spacing just perfect, when you have your timing just perfect, and you land that heavy attack, it feels fucking incredible. Because it was so risky. And you nailed it. And I know it sounds really shitty, but I've gotten to the point, like, within a few hours. You've got it figured out. Okay. Where it's reliable and feels awesome. Mm. So you start with a little bit of stealth. Uh, it turns into a fight. You, you know, you use the traps and the arrows that you can. When they get close, you dodge out of there. Wham! You hit it with your spear. It, it's, uh, um, yeah, I, I have nothing but puzzle. You're, you're, you're happy, obviously, with this I'm, game. I'm, I'm quite, quite happy. You're enjoying it. Well, that's good. I that's did try, good. I did try Forma 8. Forma 8? Forma 8. It is. I saw it in the store, but I don't know what it is. Is an indie Metroidvania where you hmm. are a probe that has gone to a beautiful minimalist alien planet. And you just kind of fly around. Like, did you ever play Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet? No, I didn't. That's one of the ones that I meant to, but I never got around back to it. It was gorgeous. Mm. Uh, my core complaint with Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet was that flying the little ship around this world is boring as fuck. <laughs> because all it is is just moving the analog stick in the direction you want to go. Mm. There's no skill to the motion at all. And Forma 8 is exactly that, 
except you move really slowly. What? So I don't think I'm going to finish that shit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But uh, but that's what I played this week. Uh, okay. So you've been playing Final Fantasy. Well, okay. Before we get to that part, I did <laughs> start um, Shantae, Half Genie Hero. Mm. And yeah, you're right. That game's really charming. You just kind of like, it's isn't that kind of cute and it's kind of fun? And I, I played it for like an hour and then like all last night. And I, I, I can see exactly where you're talking about. Where it's like now you have to go back through all these levels again. Mm-hmm. Like I got to the point last night where there was a, the like a zombie or something in the bottom of the desert tower. And he says he gives you the elephant stomp ability. Uh, yeah. And you have to grab five of something, but I don't know exactly what. So uh, now I have to go through and grab all the go through all the levels again because it has something to do with the flowers. So. So far, I'm not. It's not really bothering me going back through the levels, yeah, because they're not very long. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I think charming is the right word for it. Yes, I mean, I, I it actually feels more like a like a Mega Man than anything else to me. Mm. With the with the way they've got the way you kind of get new abilities and have to go back through things, and the way the bosses are presented. Um, of course, there's. The, the jumping puzzle on the desert area where you've got blocks that disappear underneath you that you have to jump off ahead of time and land on the next one. That's very Mega Man. Um, mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I never it, found any of it very challenging, though. Um, I, none of it was for that. There's just that one part where the jumping puzzles, my timing was off about a half second, so I kept falling and getting pissed off. Go monkey but form, it, man. Monkey form. I should have just, yeah, done That's monkey form and done like three of them at the same time. Yeah. Just gone flying across there. So, I, I, I. I want to finish it, um, but realistically, tonight's the last night it's going to get played for a while, <laughs> because I do have a new console that I'm bringing home tomorrow, and it's going to be Zelda, and it's finally time to play Shovel Knight. I have not touched Shovel Knight ever. Is Shovel Knight and... actually on Switch at launch? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. The digital only at launch. I'm almost positive it's at launch, but it's 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 the whole thing. It's it's the expansions and everything, mm-hmm. so it's all the Shovel Knight. I've never played it before. Again, Mega Man. There you go. So yeah, this is a much better Mega Man than Shantae. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's I, I wanted something that I can play in shorter bursts because if I happen to, let's say, take the Switch to work, since I know my mm-hmm. boss doesn't listen, I can I would sooner play Shovel Knight than try to knock out some Zelda stuff because Zelda's not going to be something I want to play for less than three hours at a time. <laughs> So, yeah, um, I'm kind of sad Alex isn't here because he would have enjoyed this. I am um, super sad Alex is here because I really wanted to hear him talk about <sighs> Night in the Woods. Yeah, well... Because yeah, every time back. I was playing it, I was like, oh my god, Alex has to play this. <laughs> he bought it, didn't he? No, I, I bought it for him. Oh, okay. Like, I was like, you know what, I got I got Chamberlain Salt, I, I have to get it, I have That's to get true. Alex this. So, all right. Final Fantasy 15 is the Resident Evil 6 of Final Fantasies. And I mean... The specific way I mean that is that Resident Evil 6 was as far from what made Resident Evil good as you can possibly get. To the point where they had to shit-can the whole series and start over with Resident Evil 7, which was very good, because it went back to what Resident Evil was supposed to be. So, 15... Inserting this open world nonsense, the beginning of it, was a bad idea. Not necessarily because the open world parts were bad, because they were serviceable, but because it being open world sucks almost all of the plot out of it, to the Mm. point where you're just dealing with the Fab Four, which is fine, but you completely lose any sense of grander narrative for the first half of the game. Because you're just taking the four guys in the car, knocking out side quests one after the other, dealing with minute-long load times, that you forget that there is a bigger mission. 
At least I did. Because the little nuggets it's giving you make no sense. Apparently, if you watch that video that came out before the game, it clears up all the holes and, yeah, you know, squares I'm, I'm going to be adding stuff. No, I don't. I, this should be a self-contained thing, and it, it isn't. So, by, by making it open world, they lose the plot. For example, you played Oblivion, right? I did. Do you remember the main plot of Oblivion? Oblivion was yeah. there is a, there is a king who is destined to beat back like a or a prince or whatever who's who's going to shut the gates of Oblivion mm-hmm. and you have to help him. Okay, that's what Final Fantasy fifteen is. You are the king, first a prince, then a king who is destined to beat back the darkness. And spoilers, dies in the end. They kill Noct in the end. Not that anybody should care, because he's a pretty blank slate at that point. So it's got like the most generic story over which you have no impact <laughs> until the last like half an hour of the game. Um, also, the combat is just not good. It's yeah, so sure, easy. Sure felt that way in that demo. You can like, hold in the circle button and be okay most of the time, and then magic is useless. There are very, very few weapons. You almost never change armor. There, The skills that you get for the other characters, you need to choose one of at a time. You can't, like, switch between them on the fly in combat. You have to pause it, go into the equipment menu, change it, go to the other one. So that is not, you know, feasible. The the entire game musters up one good boss fight. One. When does that occur? The second to last boss fight. Okay. You, 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 you go through the game fighting a lot of the big summons from other games. So you fight Shiva and Titan and uh, Leviathan, which is the worst boss fight in a Final Fantasy ever. Well, uh, two questions. Once you defeat these summons, do they become your summons that you can summon? You can, but the summoning itself happens almost at random. What? Like, the only one I ever got to show up was the Lightning Gay Rama. Okay. And, like, it, like, there's no meter that builds up. It's like every once in a while you get, like, press L2 to summon. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. Oh, man, I never talk about that in Gravity Rush. Um, sorry, sorry to go for an aside for a moment, but towards the end of the game, you get this skill called Panther Mode, <laughs> and uh, basically what happens is Dusty, your little cat-shaped uh, Terran space and time, he like envelops you, and so you have you, you. It's like you're wearing a giant panther skin, and this only. And at first, I thought it was random. I really did, but as I kind of I was I was, I was playing the game after having beaten it. I was going to kind of like these hard areas just to like do combat and run around and, mm-hmm. you know, platform and have fun and kill things. And I came to understand that once your life gets low enough that it starts beeping, okay. if you survive for like another 20 seconds, hmm. you have the option to go in the panther mode. And then you kill fucking anything in your line of sight. <laughs> all you have, all you do is you mash the attack button and she will just zip to anything nearby and tear through it. And if you need to travel, you no longer uh, shift gravity. You look in the direction you want to go, and she runs across the sky cool. as a as like a panther girl. It's amazing, and it refills your health. Okay, it was nice. it was yeah, it was just a really cool superpower. But it seemed so, random at first. So you yeah. didn't like look up if there was a way to induce the summons. I, I don't think there was. It would just kind of show up, and then you know, one time it showed up at the perfect time where I was doing a base and I was getting overwhelmed by giant mechs and soldiers, and up oh, there's Rama. I hit the button and it wipes everything out. For all I for all I know, it might be scripted. It's just you you couldn't. It didn't seem like you could do it whenever you wanted to. So you're going through the game, and the, and the Leviathan fight is terrible because you're in this giant maelstrom 
and Leviathan's this big water snake thing with wings. She's flying around, and you're kind of transporting from spot to spot trying to get a hit on her. It felt like forever where I couldn't actually get a hit. I get one hit, it then jumps into the second part of the fight, where you saw the third Matrix movie, right? Yes. Okay, the part at the end where Neo is flying around Dragon Ball Z style, fighting Agent Smith? Yes. Okay, that part was terrible, um, as was most of the third Matrix movie. That's what the fight yeah, is. They, they punch each other so hard it creates a shockwave that stops the rain. All right, that looked kind of cool. It was. All right, that, okay, that, that did look pretty cool. Um, the, was the, on Blu-ray the, yet? The guy who runs my region, like my entire region of the agency of the federal government I work for, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to. Uh, his last name is Anderson. Oh. <laughs> and every every time, and I have to stay, and I made a terrible impression on this guy when I first met him. Like my, and after the incident, my, my direct supervisor told me that I had embarrassed our office and our entire region. And... <laughs> And uh, so I, that's a badge of honor. You should be proud of that. So I am now very careful about how I present myself in front of this guy. But every time, every time he comes to our office, I have to stop myself from saying, Mr. Anderson, Anderson. welcome back. We missed you. (laughs) So the fight is you flying around like a bad zone of the Enders clone, holding in the circle button, throwing swords. That's like the whole fight. So it so, wasn't hard. No, 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 it wasn't. No, it was just boring. It was just stupid. Okay. The game is never hard. the The fight against Efreet, because of, out of all of the out of all of the summons, Efreet's the only one who doesn't really want to help you. Okay. He just actually wants to kill you. Um, oh. So you're fighting him, and and the the if I have to if I am forced at gunpoint to pay the game a compliment, a lot of the larger enemies scale wise can be intimidating. The behemoth is intimidating. Um, the, when you fight the Titan, I mean, it's pretty much right out of God of War how he looks, but he's intimidating. Ifrit is intimidating, but if Ifrit is fought in a large enough area that the camera is not a problem, where most of the time when you're fighting a large object, you're looking at its asshole while you're trying to hit it because the camera doesn't know where to go. And being in the behemoth's asshole is no good. It's not good. So the Ifrit fight, he's, you know, you have to figure out what to do, first of all, because he's immune to most physical attacks. So it's like the first time in any fight in the game that you're forced to stop and think for a second and go, hmm, maybe I can't just hold in the circle button. Maybe I should use an ice spell. It's the first time that it makes you think for half a second, how do I beat this guy? Is it the first time or the only time? The only time. Okay. Honestly, the only time. And then you fight him and it goes through a couple stages and there's another someone that comes down and, and tries to kill him and he gets away. And, and I mean... It, it's a fairly climactic fight, and then you f- finish him, and then you fight the last guy who has the same kind of flying around Matrix thing going on. Hmm. So, Does it just... look really cool? The flying around Matrix thing? No. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, fuck. It doesn't... I mean, it's like it's like the game... Okay, the open world sections of the game do look good. Okay. Visually, they are good. There, there's an interesting section where you're you're moving down into this crater where a meteor hit, and the meteor never hit the ground. It's actually being held up by Titan. Ooh. So you get down to his feet, and he's there holding the meteor up above him, and then he looks down at you. And you can see it. Doc's like, oh, we're fucked now. <laughs> so 
Visually, it does have some interesting points, but almost all of those are in the open world part of the game. You get to the second part of the game where you get in the boat and go to the new world, basically, and it becomes linear, which I don't necessarily have a problem with because the good Final Fantasy games are mostly linear. But visually, it becomes very uninteresting. Really? All, of chapter, all of chapter 13 is like this long, drawn-out dungeon through the most generic-looking gray hallways that you've ever seen. Okay, now I have to take us back to Horizon for a minute. Okay. <laughs> Good I'm stuff sorry. again. That's I'm drinking. Right. I'm drinking Pepsi, yeah, so I think I'm a little caffeinated. Anyway. <laughs> okay, I, I figured out a great way to describe how Horizon looks. Okay. Uh, do you remember The Last of Us? Yes. Was that a good-looking game? Yes, it was. Fucking smoking good-looking game. Mm-hmm. Linear, though, right? Yeah. Very, like, you know, it, it, its levels were a little open-ish, but for it was, a, it was a hallway. It was one long hallway, and that's what allowed them to do all these beautiful set pieces that just looked so amazing. Like, like you still remember the car underground in the sewer with the tree growing out of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. It looked fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Imagine an open-world game that always looked that good <laughs> and always looked that artful constantly. That's okay. how good Horizon looks. Okay. Yeah, sorry, I, I came up with that last night. I'm like, I have to remember right. to say that. No, no. And then when you were talking about this linear part actually looking shitty, I'm like, that's the easiest time yeah, to I do, beautiful! Yeah, it's just like, it's like they lost their creativity on it. I mean, there's there's one part where you kind of swap transportation, you're on a train going back, actually, you're on a train going to the Empire. That's the name of the bad guys, the Empire. You're going to the Empire's capital for some reason. I don't really understand why. And um, the train stops. And you get out on a bridge and the the corpse of Shiva is there. The Empire had actually killed Shiva before you got there. So it's this giant snowy corpse kind of half covering the tracks. And you're trying to figure out what to do. That looked kind of interesting. But they're few and far between compared to what happened in the first area. Like in the first area, you know, driving is not interesting at all. But if you kind of grab a chocobo and just go, go, go cross country, you'll come over a hill and there'll be like a settlement down there. Like it's just a town and a shop. And it looks good. Hmm. But, you know, as, as soon as you move to the linear part, it's like the wind goes out of its sails. And then, okay, you played Final Fantasy VII. Uh, briefly did not care for it. Okay. The reason... Okay, really old spoilers here. The reason that Eris dying meant something... Is because you got to know her. Yes, because she was a character who was in your party, who you got to know. There was this weird on-again, off-again, does he like her, does he not like her, between Cloud and Eris and Cloud and Tifa. There was, I mean, there was stuff there so that you felt emotional loss when she was gone. And actual and, loss, because she's your primary healer. That's correct. <clears throat> I mean, that's why people wanted her back, because she was the white <laughs> mage. Noct and uh, Luna is her name. Yeah. Are the kind of, they're kind of betrothed. Betrothed. Yeah. And they haven't seen each other for like 10 years, and there's this prophecy thing where Luna is the oracle who's supposed to aid the, the one true king to gain all this power to drive away the darkness, blah, blah, blah. Um, they're kind of pining over each other for the whole game, but you, they're, they're never seen together except in flashbacks as children, and their only correspondence is by Magical Dog, where they write a note in a, in a, in a binder or, a, or a, a book, and the dog runs them back and forth. So, I mean, you're, it's, yes, they say that there's romance there, but you never see it. So well, when they kill Luna... You don't care. Yeah, I mean, Luna gets Eris, basically. It's just mm-hmm. with a smaller sword, just stabbed and she dies. You don't care. It does. It means nothing because the two of them have never shared any screen time. 
So Did it matter? Does it matter when Noct dies? Do you um, give a shit? Or does it feel like I don't understand why any of this happened? This was all stupid. No, Goodbye, Final Fantasy. I, okay, Noct. After Luna dies, Noct gets super depressed, and Gladio turns into this giant dickhead to him, um, and you're saying you're the king, get over it. Noct's like fuck off. So there's the kind of a they kind of are fighting, and the <laughs> the the Ignis has gone blind, and 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 the other guy, I forget, the, the the cheesy guy, I forget his name, gets thrown off a train. Um, <laughs> he, he's alive. He's okay. But you do see him begrudgingly grow from being this depressed, you know, mopey guy to okay, I have a duty as the king to go and do this. And then he finds out that you know to save the world, you know, there's a blood cost. You're gonna die. He's told this, mm-hmm. um, and then he like gets to the main area and he finds the crystal because it's a Final Fantasy and it has to be a crystal, and he gets sucked inside of it, and the story jumps forward ten years. Because Noct is gone for ten years, oh. he but he has I mean he has no memory. He just wakes up somewhere and boom, he's back again. So he gets all the guys together and they go off and they take care of it. And the the emotional gut punch is saved for a post credits sequence. Okay, where it goes through the story and and there's a final goodbye where the monsters coming up. And they say go and Noct says you know you know just gives a nod and he goes off into the tower and he does his thing and. There's a bizarre sequence that's trying to riff off the final Final Fantasy. The Final Fantasy VII. There's that final battle between Cloud and Sephiroth, where you've beaten the One-Winged Angel, and it's just the two of them. And Cloud goes into Omni Slash, does it? It kind of does something like that, where you're like you're in the ether, and all of Noct's forefathers are there, and they all kind of kick the main bad guy's ass. I've already forgotten his name because he really wasn't very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so that all ends, and there's a, you know, credits go by, and then there's a final sequence where it's the night before that battle, and the four main characters are on their last night together, and Noct has apparently just told the other three what's going to happen. And it's quiet, and they're just kind of sitting there. And the, the camping thing has been an ongoing theme throughout the whole game, where they'll camp and one of them cooks, and, you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. their thing. And, and Noct Doc gets quiet and he and he stands up and he says, I know this is hard to say, but to be here with you guys right now, it's just too much. And he kind of pans around and they're all getting a little weepy eyed. And Gladio has been a dick to him for a while says, you know, it means a lot to us to hear that because they've been gone for 10 years and Doc has never been very forthcoming hmm. about his feelings and he finally says, you know, and the end of it guys. is, it, yeah, it, it basically, yeah, it's the, I love, it's the I love you guys moment without being quite that cheesy. Hmm. And, you know, I don't know why that was saved for a post-credits thing. I think it would have made the final battle more interesting or at least more impactful to get that out of the way. Because then you're still like, you know, you're fighting for your friends, blah, blah, blah. You know, they've had this big emotional connection and now they're going to go do it. And they saved it for a post credit sequence. I don't really get that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe what they're trying to say is that was the meaning of this whole thing. It was the time that you spent with these It friends. is. And I, I read an interview with one of the guys who did it. And they, they said that the people who don't enjoy it are the people who blitz the story. And the people who did enjoy it were the ones who didn't, you know, who spent the time on the grand road trip 
Well, that's bullshit because I took my, at least I thought I was taking my time through it. I did the vast majority of the side missions. Most of them were stupid. I spent a lot of time with these three guys and I got to know them and, and one of the four, not knocked, the Ignis, the smart one, he was actually not too bad of a character. So, of course, they blind him on the second part of the game. Um, oh, that's so stupid. He gets blinded off screen. And then he's back in the party, but you can't move fast anymore because he's fucking blind and can't see. So if you run away from him, they start to complain. Oh, my God. Why doesn't one of them just help him? I know. Just come on. Or not take him into the swamp. Get like, him a hell? hover chair. Yeah. So, I mean, I, th- I was trying to take my time with him, and I thought I was, but I knocked it out in under 35 hours. Um, Which is okay, so It sounds short. to me like you wouldn't recommend Final Fantasy XV. I would not. I would not. Would you recommend it at a lower price, or is it just kind of so boring and shitty that it's not worth the time it takes to play it? Um, if you... Okay. As a $60 game, no. As a $20 game, play it until you get on the boat. Play the play the open world stuff, because no. that's actually at least pretty, and some of the scenery is worth seeing, and you don't have to worry about trying to figure out the plot, because they're not going to, excuse me, tell you about it anyway. I googled so. summons. <clears throat> okay. For the record. Uh, summons appear partially at random, but each has a trigger that sets it off. Mm. Titan is more likely to appear when your allies are downed. Um, Ramu is more likely to appear the longer battle goes on. Leviathan will appear, uh, is more likely to appear when your health goes down to danger status and the screen becomes red. The longer you stay at that state, the more likely he is to spawn. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So I, would have, I would have preferred an actual, like, you know, in-game yeah, like explanation. Button. Yeah, <laughs> give it to me. So, I mean, if someone really wants to play a JRPG, go play a Tales game. It's not pretty, but at least or, the story is Wait good. a month for Persona. Well, well that, that is also true. Then you get your stylishness and you get your... You have to work for it because Persona games aren't easy. I should really try one of those Yakuza games, man. It's on my list. It seems like it'd be right up my alley, you'd think. Yeah. You'd really, you really think I'd be in the Yakuza. I tried one of them on the PS3 and did not get far. Well, I mean, one? but Sleeping Dogs was so good. I know yes, that has nothing to do with it, but it's the same kind of idea. Yeah, I, I just saw a tweet about this before, uh, after I sent off the headlines. They're making a Sleeping Dogs movie. Okay, I'll see that. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd sooner have Sleeping Dogs too. So, uh, so out of ten, what would you give it? Oh, shit. It's, see, it's weird. The reviews in this game were so good. And I, for the life of me, I don't understand. It's like we're playing different games. Kitty I mean, it's it's a six and a half. I, I didn't have fun with it. I did not have fun with it. Well, that's, man, that's the core thing. Yeah, I mean, I played it because I, you know, it's a Final Fantasy game. It's like tradition. You gotta play it. But it's, it's... I mean, it's 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 like, why did I see episode two of Star Wars? Well, I saw the first one, so now I have to see the second one. I mean, this is just number 15, so I've done this a lot of times. Yeah. But, from the ashes of Resident Evil 6 came Resident Evil 7. I don't know if Square has that introspection, because Final Fantasy 15 sold well. Yeah, I don't think they do. I think they're like, they're like wow, we made a really good game, and it doesn't occur to them that's because, like, half of what you spent, half of the ridiculous budget that you spent on this game was on its advertising. Yeah. 
and like literally like what was it how many years was this thing in development like 12 years oh my god yeah forever yeah like for a long fucking time it has been hyped to the moon and then unlike half-life 3 you actually came out (laughs) (laughs) so yeah people are gonna buy you (laughs) but um yeah um and and the thing is i was right on the precipice at launch man because all those reviews all those reviews i was this close to checking it out you would not and then, have enjoyed And then it. Alex played it, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's what I fucking thought. You and then would, you played it, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's not. I, the closest it's not, I can get to liking a Final Fantasy is 13.3. But you didn't finish either. Yeah, but 13, I had fun. 13.3 wasn't very Final Fantasy-ish, really. Maybe that's why I liked it. <laughs> could be, could be. No party. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's it's no problem. I mean, going back through all the Final Fantasies that I've played, you know, since seven, I gotta say twelve, and then ten two were probably my favorite ones. Twelve was I really like good. Ten two all that much. No, I, I like I like the gambit system. I really liked fine tuning that. It gave you something to do. Made you work for it. Yeah, I I didn't. I I thought it was. Yeah, no, it was too. It was too granular, for not enough kind of obvious payoff. Mm. Okay, and, I yeah. can see that. So, uh, does, that, uh, does that mean it's time for headlines? I think so. Headlines! In Overwatch news, <laughs> the 24th hero, Orisa, has been officially unveiled, and she is now available on the public test realm. She is a sentient robot created by Wonderkid Effie Oladele, uh, which, so basically we all called it. Yeah, we all knew, like, knew. We're like, yeah. yeah, okay, so Effie's creation is the next hero. It is. And she basically looks like a minute... Is it Minotaur? No, not a Minotaur. A centaur. Okay. She kind of looks like a robotic centaur, but instead, but she has like the horns of a ram, kind of, and one of her arms is a Gatling gun. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, and her skills are also pretty cool. Uh, she, she has the best, one of the best primary fire abilities of any tank. She has a, a chain gun that does, uh, 12 damage per shot, 12 shots per second. So nice. um, that's about 140 DPS, which is less than Zarya when she's at max charge, but more than Zarya when she's a min charge and almost more than any other tank in the game. Uh, so she And it has a really good range on it. Okay. So she's hit scan. So basically, this is finally a tank that can challenge Farah. Um, she, uh, she has a, her alt fire. is a little crowd control thing. I think it's called Halt. And what it does is it fires out this orb. The orb travels along, and then when you hit that button again, it creates an explosion that draws any enemies nearby into the center of the explosion for just that moment. And then they are immediately released. But if someone, like, deeks around a corner, she can yank them back out with this thing. Um, if, you know, your tracer drops a pulse bomb on someone and then you put that in there, you created a mini graviton surge. You can get a lot of kills out of that. Very cool. Um, She has a deployable static shield with about 900 HP. Uh, It's on like a 10 second cooldown, I think, but the thing itself will remain for 20 seconds unless it's destroyed. And it's kind of got a curve to it. It almost looks like a, like a, (laughs) like a soccer goal or a hockey net. Um, So that's pretty cool. It's about the, it's a little smaller than Reinhardt's shield, but it's pretty big. Um, She has an ability, I forget what it's called, but what it does is it lowers any damage that she takes from any source, and it renders her immune to crowd control abilities. Hmm. So if a Reinhardt hammers down, it does nothing to her. If a Mei starts freezing you, you can pop this and get away. If uh, if a Rhine charges you, and at the last moment you activate this, the Rhine will be stunned as if he just hit another charging Reinhardt or a wall. 
So it's it's actually pretty interesting, but she doesn't have any meaningful escapes. She doesn't have, like, she can't leap away like Winston. Uh, she can't bubble herself like Zarya. She can't charge her shield like Ryan. Um, so she might be one of the squishier tanks. Okay. But between that kind of, uh, that, da- that damage mitigating self buff and her personal shield, she should do fine. Uh, she is 200 health points plus 200 armor points. So she has a fairly small armor pool, or a health pool. Um... Her ult is a little uh, is a little cylinder that she drops down, and then tethers of blue light will reach out and hit any ally in its line of sight, and then their damage output is increased by fifty percent. Oh, it's gonna be great for defending! Holy cow! Mercy's damage buff beam doesn't do fifty percent. Wow. This is like it's, it's this and nano boost basically, yeah. or the or the damage. So that's pretty cool. Um, also on public test realm, the damage reduction of Bastion's ironclad passive when he's in turret or tank form has been reduced from thirty five to twenty percent, uh, which is amazing. But why they didn't fucking do that before they pushed it live on <laughs> Tuesday is beyond me. They gotta make you suffer for a little while, so that way, that way, when they fix it, they think you're, they're doing you a favor. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of what I'm reading in forums this week about Overwatch is basically that Bastion is in a is way overpowered right now, thanks to Ironclad, mm-hmm. and uh, most people are saying that they're not even going to play the new season of competitive until this nerf on the PTR goes live. Okay, because people are that kind of all the Bastion mains are like, come on, come play. No, no. no. <laughs> Sorry, man. Too strong. Too strong. Uh, Z-Boyd Games Cosmic Star Heroine will launch on PS4 and PC on April 11th. It'll be $4.99. Um, there was a uh, quote from the dev on their Kickstarter. The PS4 version of the game will be cross-buy with Vita. The Vita version will not be coming out April 11th, but will be released soon after. Hmm. It was a tough decision to make, but we felt the Vita version needed some extra time to polish up, and we didn't want to delay the other releases further. Um... Have you Prior... played any of their stuff? Any Z-Boyd stuff? No, no, because it's all Xbox exclusive. Yeah, I played, let's see, the the first one, I can't remember the name of the first one, but they did the uh, second... Breath of Death or something, right? Yeah, yeah, and then they they did... Um, Cthulhu uh, Saves the World. Cthulhu Saves the World, and they also did On the Red, on the Rain Split, Press of Darkness 3 and 4. Mm-hmm. Um, I played 3, it was really good. I played 4, and 4 was kind of riffing on kind of the Persona or Nocturne thing, and it wasn't it wasn't as good. But but for being mm-hmm. a really small team of, I think, like two dudes, I think they, so. make, some, they make some really good stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I felt bad buying uh, Rain Slick when I did because I bought it on sale. I'm like, man, these guys deserve more money because <laughs> it's good. It's really good stuff. And they're Penny Arcade guys. They are. They started just, on the forums. Yeah, I remember when the call went out, and I still feel bad that I didn't, like, believe in myself and say, I can help. No. They could have used writers. Maybe. Um, but uh, it, I thought it was a rumor, so I didn't post it. But earlier in the week, there was a photograph from GDC that seemed to show the lineup of, uh, like, you know how Sony does, like, a, a push of indie games every mm-hmm. once in a while, like Spring Indies or whatever? And it looked like a setup of one of those, and it showed Cosmic Star Heroine as April 11th, and then right beside it was Full Throttle for April 18th. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so I'm hoping that uh, that actually comes to Vita, because that's a day one on Vita. Mm-hmm. I never actually beat that game on PC when I was a kid. I just played the demo like a million fucking times. I'm so good <laughs> for it. Uh, also on Cosmic Star Heroin, Zivoid's Bill St- Steinberg tweeted out, quote, Wish we could hear back from someone at Nintendo to get our game on Switch, which is kind of weird. You think uh, with this Nindy, or Nindy thing that they did this week, they'd be all about this. Um, but... <clears throat> 
A couple indies were announced for Switch this week. Just a couple. And I'm going to read the entire list. So this should take me longer than a minute because I anticipate it will take me longer than a second to read each one. A Thousand and One Spikes, Away, Journey to the Unexpected, Battle Chief Brigade, Blaster Master Zero, Cave Story, that's cool. Not not a game called That's Cool, but it's cool that Cave Story is on Cave Story, yeah. yeah. Uh, Celeste, which I'm also actually kind of jelly of. That That is another thing that makes me want to get a Switch. Uh, Dandara, Duck Game, Fast RMX, Flipping Death, Goner, Graceful Explosion Machine, Has Been Heroes. I think that one's supposed to be good, too. Hollow Knight. Now, listener, Google Hollow Knight. Watch some vids of that. That is the indie that might make me get a Switch. Uh, Hover, Human Resource Machine, It'll Do 2, Kingdoms, Two Crowns, Little Inferno, Monster Boy in the Cursed Kingdom, that's a good one, uh, Mr. Shifty, Mutant Muds, NBA Playgrounds, Nero Voider, Oceanhorn, Monster of the Uncharted Seas, it's like a little Zelda-like, yep. uh, Overcooked Special Edition... That is I've a local multiplayer. That, yep. that yep. was a local multiplayer hit this year. Uh, Pankapu, Perception, Portal Knights, Redout, Rhyme, wow, Rive, Rocket Rumble, Rogue Trooper Redux, Runner Three, Bit Trip Runner Three is apparently wow. uh, Switch exclusive. And Switch what, exclusive. They didn't, they didn't say timed exclusive. They said Switch exclusive. Uh, Shakedown Hawaii, uh, which is the sequel to Retro, uh, Retro City Rampage. Uh, that is a timed exclusive. It is going to launch first on Switch. Okay. Uh, Sh- Shovel Knight Specter of Torment, Shovel Yay. Knight Treasure Trove, Snake Pass, Base Dave Splasher, Stardew Valley. That is a good one. Uh, State of Mind, Steam <laughs> World Dig, Dig 2. 2 is Yay. a Metroidvania. Yep. It will launch first on Switch. That is really cool. That's good stuff. Uh, Sue and the Quest for Meaning, Terraria, The Binding of Isaac Afterbirth, The Escapist 2. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Fall Part 2 Unbound, The Jackbox Party Pack 3, The Next Penelope, Thumper? Thumper on the Switch? Fuck, I don't want to get a Switch. Okay. Toad Jam and Earl, Back in the Groove, Towerfall Ascension, Treasure Knots, Tumble Seed, uh, Ultimate Chicken Horse, Unbox, Newbie's Adventure, War Groove, Wonder Boy the Dragon... I thought we already did Wonder Boy. Uh, Ukulele and Zombie Viking. Ukulele on there. That's really cool. So there is a lot of indies on the Switch Yep. that actually kind of make me want to Switch. I think I'll continue waiting... Because again, right now, today, I do have the money to buy a Switch, but <laughs> I do you might have the wait. will to wait in line. You would have to go wait in line, like right after we're done recording. This I don't, have, I don't have enough of a desire. Okay, really. I'll, I'll I'll let it I'll let it burn out. I'll come to it a year later, and then I'll tell everyone they were wrong about Zelda. <laughs> 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 Probably, and that is for the moment the universe. Oh no, there's more Switch news down the line, but we'll get to that in a second. Yep. Uh, Conan Exiles will release in Q3 2017 on Xbox One and, quote, later on PS4. Yeah, um, yeah I haven't, like, maybe I should actually watch the media for that, but I haven't never seen anything that made me go, ooh, Conan Exiles. Yeah, I prefer uh, games let me start with pants. Yeah. Uh, Near Automata's PC version has been officially confirmed and will launch on March 17th. It's also getting really good reviews so far. Oh, that, A couple reviews are popping. Happen. Yes, they're very good. Apparently, it is all the craziness of Nier that people loved, but the best of, of Platinum's combat. Apparently, the opening sequence cycles through like four different perspectives and types of combat and gameplay modes. Man, the demo did that. Yeah, well, not, but I, I mean, know, like, right in the beginning, it's like, you know, first-person shooter, side-scrolling shooter, brawler. I mean, it just kind of cycles through these all in the same engine. It's really good stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. I can't wait for it. But I'm going to wait for it, because if I'm not done Horizon, I'm not touching it. I'll buy it, but I'm finishing Horizon. Anyway, uh, the multiplayer beta for Mass Effect Andromeda has been canceled. That is not happening. Uh, BioWare apologized. 
Game trailers, <laughs> Jeff Keeley has joined Kind of Funny Games as a producer. Also, uh, was it Peter Moore from EA? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Peter Moore from EA is quitting EA to go and manage a soccer club in Britain. Huh. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's always been a big sports guy, apparently. And this has, like, kind of been one of his dream jobs, so yeah. If he's got the money to do it, go for it. Right. Well, no, like, that, like they're going to pay him. Yeah, I know, but yeah. I suppose less than EA, EA probably. Who knows? No, there was a little press release this week where apparently Epic Games is working on six games. Oh. But the one that actually <laughs> caught my eye is they actually say that Fortnite is still coming and will release in 2017. God, I haven't seen anything on that in forever. It was supposed to come out on the, the 360, wasn't it? I think so. I yeah. think so. So, amazing, if that's still a real thing. Um, Nintendo Switch cartridges <laughs> deliberately taste awful <laughs> to prevent kids from eating them. This is real. This is not a joke. This is, this is actual news. Uh, quote, a bittering agent, denatonium benzoate, has been applied to the game card. This bittering agent is non-toxic. Uh, denatonium benzoate apparently used to be used on kids' fingernails by their parents. Their parents would paint their kids' fingernails with this shit to prevent the kids from biting the nails. I saw a video of, I don't know his name. Mike Fahey, I think, the, the big guy from Kotaku. Yes, yeah, yeah, I saw that one. He's like, oh, why am I doing this to myself? And he goes back again, why did I do it again? It's the face he makes. It's awesome. <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to have to do it now. So is everyone. I kind of, yeah, I, I want to yeah, know. Gotta, I, I know. want to know what, I wanna know. what Denatonium Benzoate tastes yeah. like yep. now. <laughs> Will I get a buzz off of it? I suck on it long enough? I mean, what? I, no. <laughs> so I'll have to lick Zelda before I play it the first time. Now, uh, this is another really cool thing that Microsoft is doing. Yeah. Uh, that Sony should have done all along. It's called the Xbox Game Pass. They're basically doing a $10 a month subscription service. There will be, you know, a list of games that rotates, kind of like Netflix, except mm -hmm. I would imagine far fewer titles than Netflix. Um, and for that month, you can just freely download and play any of the games that are on the service. And then at the end of the month, some titles will get rotated out, some titles will get rotated in. But during that month, while it's on the service, you can, if you download the game, love the game, you can then buy the game at a discount. This, and, and this is for, you know, like Xbox One games, Xbox mm -hmm. 360 games, backwards compatible Xbox games. Um, this is a really good idea. This sounds like if, if I were to come into the current gen or just to get into gaming right now without the library that I have, this would be an incredible value. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to see how recent the titles are. I mean, if we're going to be heavy on, on backwards compatible 360 titles or if we're going to get the occasional newish game in there. Because I, I play everything like a month behind anyway. If they start cycling in newer games, that's cheaper than Gamefly for me. Yeah. So, but, well, I would, I would anticipate you'd have to wait six months or so. At the probably, minimum. Yeah. At the minimum. Um, that's, it's still a really good idea. I, yeah, I think, for, I think for the average consumer, mm -hmm. this could be amazing. This would be amazing. If you're not someone who follows games to the level that we do... And you're not like, I have to play Breath of the Wild tomorrow. I have to play Horizon right fucking now. Yeah. If you're not like, you know, crazy like we are. Um, <laughs> this, yeah, if you're just kind of like a more normal person, uh, this is kind of brilliant. So that is mm -hmm. infinitely better than that PS Now bullshit. Yeah, because you download the game. It's on your system. And, so. But it wouldn't be possible on PS4. It, they just couldn't do it because the PS4 does not have that backwards compatibility. No. And that's yeah. it. 
So Microsoft kind of laid the groundwork to checkmate Sony on this thing. It's interesting. And that, I that think this could do it. I saw a discussion about this is that Microsoft knows they're not going to win the numbers war. They're never, ever, ever going to catch up hardware wise on sales with Sony. So they're going to win loyalty? Possible. Well, either loyalty or win services. Because they're, they're, they're pushing this. Because the original idea for the Xbox One was no disk drive as yeah. a service, all digital. And that got shot down because the market was not ready for it yet. So what they're doing now is they're kind of drip feeding us. Yeah, you can get so much value out of digital. Yeah. Is what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So when the Scorpio comes out, which I hope it isn't this way, but if the Scorpio comes out and it's digital only, it's not a shock. It won't be. But, I mean, if if in another generation, if another five years, when they try it again, there won't be this immediate resistance. They'll be saying, oh, okay, we've got this Xbox Now thing, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Uh, Senran Kagura Estival Versus launches for PC on March 17th, along with the Ikitosin DLC on all platforms. Yay. Imagine the, the nude mods. Oh, wait, they don't need them. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's no way to see naked ladies on a computer. <laughs> um, PlayStation head Andrew House told the New York Times last week that PlayStation VR sold 915,000 units as of February 19th. And it launched in November, I want to say. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> that that 915,000 had exceeded the uh, Sony's kind of projections of what PSVR would do. Now, that <laughs> 915,000 is more than twice any other, um, quote, high-end VR thing. Yeah. I think the only thing that beats is, like, the, you know, the cell phones or mm. Google, whatever. Um, but that's not But, enough. yeah, that's, like, that's less than a million consumers that someone creating a PSVR game can say is mm-hmm. their potential audience, right? Yeah. That's um, yeah. Aren't you glad you didn't buy that? Cancel that pre-order? Well, actually, right now I'm weighing a PSVR versus a Switch. Oh, <laughs> and I am I am really tempted by PSVR just because it is the, the newest, hottest technology. But frankly, those indies on Switch are super appealing to me. That uh, Celeste, I want to say it is? Mm-hmm. Um, it's from, I, 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 I think I'm thinking of the right game. It's from the guys who made Towerfall, but it is okay. a 2D, um, mountain climbing roguelike huh. with a narrative, with a, with a strong narrative core, uh, based on what I saw. It looks really cool. And if, yeah, like if, if the Switch becomes the, the Vita circa two years ago with the amount and quality of indies that are dropping mm-hmm. on it, I would probably get a Switch. Or hopefully, because, hopefully you know, a Gen Two Switch where the where the the little tiny controllers aren't snapping off in a moment's notice, <laughs> or the left Joy-Con desyncs when you're too far away. Yeah, and yeah. hold it in your hand. Yeah, yeah. I listened to a lot of podcasts today, and they talked about the Switch. I listened to Giant Bombcast. The Giant Bombcast is three hours. Oh my gosh! But I'm at work, so I can. But <laughs> but I couldn't believe that three hours. Those guys are so knowledgeable about the industry. Like I I, I felt like my little my little podcast gamer nuts just shrinking every time they every time they were like gave some insight that I could never possibly articulate. They're professionals. They are. We're Jeff amateurs. Kirschman is like a god or something. Yeah. That's what they do. It's what they've been doing for a long time. Um actually they were talking about how you can see in sales numbers where a shipment arrives in different regions of the world. Okay. Where you can like now North America has sold uh, you know 400 and 
50,000 uh, PSVRs. And we're like, oh, okay, so another another 50,000 PSVRs were made available in the States. Because as soon as they come out, they're gone. Yeah. People just immediately buy them. So we can't say that it didn't do well because there's not demand. They did not put out enough units to meet mm. demand. And that's why you can't buy it anymore. And in Japan, apparently they have lotteries to get tickets. You 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 invest in a lottery to maybe get a maybe get a PSVR. It's huge in Japan for some reason. Anyway, uh, a few videos for the Bulletstorm full clip edition came out this week. Did you watch those videos? Yeah. Did you it's, watch the Duke Nukem video? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know why that's a yeah. thing. It's now, not the funny. Thing, I remember when, when Bulletstorm came out, I said, this is the Duke Nukem game we've been waiting for. Yeah. And that because was true. Because it was. Because, and it didn't have Duke in it, which was okay. <laughs> yeah. And, well, I kind of, I, I, I don't want Duke in there based on what I saw, but the way they put him in here is actually kind of amusing. Okay. Where he says what he's going to say, which is different from what the main character said. Yeah. Like he's uh, for the listener, Duke is you know standing where the main character stood, but now it's a Duke Nukem character model that really doesn't look that good. Um, and he's <laughs> you know he's speaking with Duke Nukem's voice. They got the voice actor, and he's in a scene from the original game, identical to the original game, except now he's in it, and he is not saying what the guy in the original game said. <laughs> so the rest of the characters are following the script, and he is minding that for comedy. And and kind of saying things that make them react in a ridiculous way based on what he said, or they yeah, will say something normal, right. and then he will have like a Duke comeback to it. That part I kind of thought was a little yeah. clever and fun, but wow, those graphics look last gen. Yeah. And wow, the writing was actually not that good, in the Duke Nukem bit at least. We've grown out of Duke Nukem as a culture, I think. Mm-hmm. We've gotten past Duke Nukem. Well, out of, out of Duke, personally, I would agree. Out of out of just wanting to, like, blow shit up and... Oh, no. Yeah, Bullet like, Storm Doom. was really good. Bulletstorm was really fun. Like, Doom 2016 was yes. super fun. Um, so, no, I think there's absolutely room for that kind of tongue-in-cheek, let's, like, splatter some blood on the walls action. He's not Duke anymore. Yeah, just, like, not, like, shake it, baby. Mm-hmm. I don't need that. <laughs> yeah. You want to dance? <laughs> I can do that really well. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna tear off your head and shit down your neck or whatever that line is. I can't. My, I cannot make my voice go down that low. Does. I can't do it. I'll rip off your head and shit down your neck. That was pretty good. And then, All right. And then for the kids who didn't see it, what Duke does after he defeats this boss is rip off its his head, head. He drops his pants. He sits in the hole, mm-hmm. and then he opens a newspaper. Yep. I loved that when I was twelve. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, Middle Earth Shadow of War was officially announced with a uh, pre-rendered trailer. It's a sequel to that actually surprise hit, mm-hmm. um, uh, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor Shadow game. Mordor, yeah. And it is launching in like six months. Yeah. Which is really surprising. Um, and it I does like the actually... I short hype sa- train. I like the short hype train. That's yeah, me too. I, I definitely prefer it. And, uh, I don't know why Horizon worked on me so well after two years, but man, I was fucking crawling the walls for that game pretty much. <laughs> um... And it sounds really cool. It sounds like it sounds like you might actually fight Sauron in this. Oh. It sounds like uh, you're going to fight the Ring Race. It looks like you might fight a Balrog. And that's kind of enough to get me hyped for some reason. I don't even like Lord of the Rings that much. And that's really cool to you me. You played the first one, right? I, I did. I didn't think actually all that much of it. I don't think really? I gave it a very good review. The Nemesis system didn't get you? Like no, it, was, it, it, it was an interesting idea. Okay. I'll give it that. I don't think I enjoyed the combat very much. And I thought the environments looked pretty shitty. Mm. It's yeah. all kind of dark. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you're in Mordor, but 
Yeah, I liked I liked the green area, the second map. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. That wasn't, that wasn't bad. bad. I'll play it. Although that's the weird thing, April twenty second, that's gonna get played on PS4 Pro instead of the announcement. Oh screen. no, not April, August, August twenty second. Oh, that's still gonna get played on the wrong. August. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry. It's still gonna get played on the other system because Scorpio's not gonna be out to the, not going to be out until the end of the year. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of speculation in the industry right now that this E3 is going to be fucking ridiculous. Because you're going to have uh, Microsoft just going crazy to sell people on the Scorpio. Yep. You're going to have whatever Sony's counter to that is. And you know Sony has, like, plans. Sony's going to go just... through software. Sony's not going to go yes. hardware. Sony's going to have... You Sony's know, maybe, gonna, maybe some more God of War stuff. Maybe they're definitely going to show God of War. We're going to see hopefully whatever the fuck Sucker Punch has been working on. That's yeah. a new IP apparently. Okay, it's not okay. another Infamous. It's a new IP. Um, maybe we'll see Spider Man. They've got uh, the uh, Naughty Dog have those two games that both you know. There's a lot of questions around both of those. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff they could do. I'm actually or super all high. they have to do to win E3 for me is put up a two on the screen and then show the saw blade from Bloodborne unfolding. <laughs> and I'm done. I'm That's done. It. I need new underwear. <laughs> I'm actually hyped for Spider-Man. I liked, I mean, some of the Spider-Man games are, Spider-Man translates the video game really, really well. He can. Well, he has in the past. And that one time. And he's been in some really bad ones, but I really, I would not mind a new good Spider-Man game. I would love a good Spider-Man, but I'd love a good anything. Yeah, well. I love good ice cream. Oh, you know what's nice? A good shirt. A good cigarette. A good drink. Good beer. Good water. Good food. A good hug. Ooh, a good kiss. (laughs) Just quality. Good good things are so good. I love good video games. And yet, and yet I played Final Fantasy 15 for 35 <laughs> well, hours. That's because you can only taste goodness after tasting poison. Yeah, it's true. I, I need to ref, you know, remind myself of the baseline of where things start. And this then joyous platformer means nothing to me without the hatred of what yeah. came before it. it it's funny how, how much of, of a relief it was yesterday to come home and go, hey, I get to play Shantae tonight. It's going to be fun and light and, and maybe some repetitive, but at least it's not terribly long and, See, and, and I it's never, kind of cute. I, and, I, yeah. I never thought that way about Shantae. Your, your standards are too low. Well, no, I, it, it's because I'm coming out of Final Fantasy XV, which was work, and now Shantae's like, hey, this isn't work. And if I finish it tonight, I finish it tonight. And if I don't, then it gets put aside. <laughs> On a briefly tragic note, Bill Paxton died. Hmm. He was in a lot of sci-fi shit, man. He, he got was. killed by a Terminator. He got killed by a Predator. He got killed by an alien. That's, wow. That's right. That's right. Uh, and he, was, he, he wasn't even that young, old, 60-something. No, no. And uh, apparently he was just like the nicest guy in the world. And True Lies is what is what he really is to me. He's okay. the guy from True Lies. You remember? Okay. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. I got a little dick. It's pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> Fear is not an option. Anyway, so yeah. yeah 2017 has been pretty nice if that's the first one we've gotten. We're already in yeah, March. Yeah, relatively kind of, Well, wait a minute. When did uh, Leonard Cohen die? <laughs> oh, yeah, that was I think it was this was year. year. Or was it? Miracle to come. Was it this year? I am year? not Googling when Leonard Cohen died. <laughs> I think that was 2016. All right, fine. I'm putting it. I Leonard think it was. Cohen. I think it was right near the end. Uh, November 6th. Yeah, you're right. Yep, yep. Um, Ken Levine has started a new studio called Ghost Story. Uh, there are no details on a new game yet, but uh, their mission statement is uh, 
quote, to create immersive story-driven games for people who love games that ask something of them. While we believe our new games will have a strong appeal to fans of Bioshock, our new focus allows us to craft experiences where the gameplay is as challenging as the stories. Ghost stories are immersive, exciting, and steeped in community. The name reminds us of our mission. So, whatever they come up with next, it'll be pretty pretentious. God, he's stuck up his own ass sometimes. Holy well, I, I, uh, either he's, you know, earnest in his desires, or he's just kind of drunk on the Bioshock Kool-Aid that everyone said after Bioshock came out. I really just hope Ken Levine kind of, like, does do something genuinely creative and engaging for the player, and doesn't become Jonathan Blow 2.0. Oh, God. We do not need two of those. No, we don't. He can go away. He has gone away. Thank God. Oh, I think the witness is coming to Oh, yeah, that witness was his. Yeah. Uh, Gravity Rush 2 will score free DLC where you can play his cat's best friend, Raven, in the Ark of Time on March 21st. Uh, This is worldwide. Uh, And Cat will get uh, two bees out for it from Nier Automata. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. She got she got an outfit from I want to say Fantasy Star. It looks so stupid, but Two B's <laughs> dress. Yeah, I can see her in Two B's dress. That'd be pretty cool. Um, Neo has sold over a million units worldwide. Wow. One of those was mine, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not going to be, going to be gone back to no. No. Uh, stylish cyberpunk shooter Ruiner is coming to Xbox One, PS4, and PC this summer. That's the kind of pixelated one. No, Someone it's not pixelated it at all. It's 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 like a guy with a guy with it looks like a motorcycle helmet, but like digital images are being projected on the helmet, like kill, 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 kill. Hmm. Okay. Watch some gameplay. That does look pretty. Yeah, neat. yeah. Because I was thinking of something else then. Okay. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Uh, Zelda: Breath of the Wild has received the traditional ridiculous fucking reviews that any core gamer uh, Zelda game is guaranteed to get, regardless of its quality. See Skyward Sword. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know if I mentioned last week in the headlines that Iconoclast was reconf- Iconoclasts mm-hmm. was reconfirmed for Vita. But listener, Iconoclast was reconfirmed for Vita. Go watch some videos of that, because that is a hot little looking retro. Uh, it looks like a 32-bit kind of sprite-based game. Gorgeous. Okay. Gorgeous. Okay. So colorful. And those are our headlines. <sighs> 24 hours? Less than 24 hours for new hardware for me. Well, well, I mean, it's out tomorrow, right? Like it's it's out. out. I mean, I could. I suppose if I really wanted to go to my, my GameStop in a sketchy neighborhood tonight at midnight, I could go get it and have you, play it. Have you confirmed with them that they have it in? They have it. They have it. Okay. I was like number two in line, and they didn't get that many. I actually asked them how many they were going to get because I, I know this. I mean, this guy knows me like kind of like friend of a friend because I used to work for the company mm-hmm. years ago. Um, so it's not like he hasn't done anything special for me, but he talks a little more freely because I once was one of them. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Yeah, I know we got like six because this is a ghetto, like mm-hmm. this is a rough neighborhood GameStop." It's like, "Yeah, we got six for pre-orders, and I think there's like two extra for sale." Yeah. So they're doing a midnight open, even though he doesn't want to, because he doesn't want to get robbed. Yeah. So as long as they, you know, don't steal my switch, we should be all right. Yeah. When we like my uh, the one near mine, it's not actually. It's kind of like, uh, it's a few blocks removed from the bad area. Mm-hmm. But apparently, they used to have security guys because it's like in a strip mall. Like it yeah. is out there in the open. Yeah, this one's in a strip mall, and it. Um, it's not even the closest one to my office or the one in my house. It's just, you know, I happen to be driving past it on Switch release or Switch pre-order day. I'm like, oh, God, I bet you they have some right there. But it's it's one of the older stores in my town. It's been there for mm. a long time. And makes okay money because it, you know, takes in lots of use and people buy use there. So 
Well, when uh, because the EB is my EB is not in the sketch area, but I am in a sketch area. Whenever I have to go buy a new platform or anything, I take a garbage bag with me. Ah, uh, okay, that's good. And then the guy starts putting it in the bag. No, no, I don't want a bag. And then he just puts it on the counter. I pull out a garbage bag, <laughs> <laughs> stick it in. What I pull out, what I pull out of the car when I get home is completely nondescript. Yep, yep. He, he went inside with a big black bag. There may have been a head. And and. <laughs> <laughs> no one will stop you. <laughs> None in my neighborhood. <laughs> like a head, I understand. I've been there. Keep that PS4 Pro hidden, man. That's right. That's right. Keep it, keep it safe. It is precious to me. So, next up on your list, you got to get a 4K TV to appreciate your PS4 Pro. I know. <laughs> They've come way down. That's, They've that's come actually, way down. That, that is that. I think actually that is next on the list. Like unless uh, the switch ends up really impressing me between now and the end of the year, probably because this money I came into that was not the back pay that I was expecting. It was a oh hey, this is a wholly nice. different thing. Okay. So okay. when this back pay shows up, I may just go down to Best Buy. And uh, yeah, because I I would not mind checking out this high dynamic range thing. Because man, like. I want to see Horizon on this now. Like just looking at it on the 1080p is ridiculous to me. Mm-hmm. But I can I I can see the pixels. <laughs> yep, they're still there. And I never I never thought I could. I don't I don't know why I didn't realize that I could see it until I really started looking <laughs> for it. But now I can and I've heard about this high dynamic range thing. You know what I realized though? Like we we're getting these little incremental increases in the qualities of our television. Yeah, I don't un, until we go full seamless. I can't tell the fucking difference. Virtual reality, there will never be a step like the step from black and white to color. Nope, like nope. ever again. It'll always be just you know there are subpixels to these pixels. Well, the jump from four eighty to ten eighty, resolution wise, from regular DVD to Blu-ray. Yes, I mean that was. Big, I mean that's not it's not black and white to color, but that yeah. is a significant. Because yeah. that's getting to the point where, you know, if you're sitting close enough, it looks really, really good. So, yeah, my, my parents never believed in it until I showed them a, pl- a Planet Earth Blu-ray running ooh, on a 1080p TV. Yeah. And they were like, holy shit, okay, we're, we're, we're replacing our television yeah. now. Yeah, I, I, I had to convince my family that 4K was real by showing them Mad Max Fury Road on 4K. And they're like, oh, so that's why you... And I, I still only own four movies on 4K because I'm not buying Batman versus Superman. <laughs> and you can only play it on the Xbox, right? You still Correct. can't do it on. You still can't do it on the PS4. Uh, yeah, it's probably a licensing issue, I would imagine. But yeah, Xbox One S. Right now, it's my 4K player. That's all it really does. I thought it was a 4K Blu-ray. It is 4K Blu-ray. But and it can't not... play on the PlayStation? No. That's insane. PlayStation will not play 4K Blu-rays. It's, I don't know why. It's I, th- I think it's a licensing thing, but I don't I don't know for sure. I don't even know if the Netflix on PS4 Pro will stream 4K if you've got the bandwidth for it. Why can't PS4 play 4K? Great. Because Sony hates you and wants you to die. So many reasons that consumers won't mind because the PS4 Pro is primarily for gaming. That's bullshit. Discs These are multimedia devices. Uses. The PS4 Pro does not support 4K Blu-ray discs because nobody uses them, according to Geek.com. Except for you. But You're not a nobody. Don't no, listen to that. No, I don't, I don't have the bandwidth to stream 4K. Well, and, who does? I, I mean, that's true. And if I did, it would shoot my bandwidth cap to hell immediately. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Oh, I don't want to get into this, but I was thinking about net neutrality. 
No, no, <laughs> not tonight. No. The next couple of years. No. <laughs> okay. On that. That's, yeah, that's, high that, note. That, that's that's dangerous ground there. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Chance, thank you for talking. My pleasure. We will see everybody in a week. With Alex, hopefully. With Alex. And a switch. Yay.